You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 16. It's a new week again, guys, and this week we are doing a Q&A. It's just a solo episode with myself, and we are going to be talking about breastfeeding and milk supply. I get these questions all the time, and even though I am not an expert, I have been a breastfeeding mom, and I do help moms, you know, when I take care of them at the hospital, help them breastfeed in the first couple hours of life. But I am not a lactation consultant, so I don't want you guys to think that I am. (laughs) But I am a mom who has breastfed. I breastfed my son for 19 months, and we did a combination of formula and breastfeeding and pumping and just everything. I had a lot of issues with my supply. If you've been following me for a long time, you probably know that because I'm very open about it. So we're going to be talking today about milk supply, you know, how to increase your milk supply if you're having issues, what to do if maybe you have too much breast milk and you want to decrease, and just some overall questions about breastfeeding and milk supply. So let's get into today's episode. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the podcast was sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Love them. I do so much collaboration kind of stuff with them, and I'm a big fan of their products. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. From an assortment of delicious lactation cookies, my favorite, to supplements and beyond, their products contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Plus, I'm really excited to tell you that they just added a new gluten and dairy-free lactation cookie mix. I talked about it on my stories this week. I made them you know, in my own kitchen and tasted them. And they just came out with this new mix this week. If you use the code LABORNURSE, L-A-B-O-R-N-U-R-S-E-20, that's all caps, L-A-B-O-R-N-U-R-S-E-20, you can save 20% off any Mommy Knows Best products valid on Amazon or mommyknowsbest.com. And now let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, so let's jump right into this episode about breastfeeding and about milk supply. So the first question is, how exactly does breast milk supply work? So let's get a little sciencey here. So at first, later, you know, down the road, once you've been breastfeeding, your milk supply is a supply and demand system. That means that Usually, the more that you stimulate your breast, the more that you breastfeed, and the more that you pump, the more milk your body will make because your brain will get the idea that, hey, there's a lot more stimulation going on, so hey, I have to make more milk. But 
milk production doesn't start out as a supply and demand process. During your pregnancy and in even the first few days of postpartum, milk supply is solely hormonally driven. Essentially, as long as the proper hormones are in place, you will start making colostrum about usually about halfway during your pregnancy, and then your milk will increase in volume. Usually, you know, we say two to three days after birth, but it kind of depends on a lot of different factors. Some moms don't have breast milk, you know, your milk production until five days after birth. You'll just kind of start out making that colostrum. And you're starting to make this milk during pregnancy, okay? Like I said, it's about halfway during pregnancy, about the 20-week mark that your body gets the idea like, hey, even if you don't plan on breastfeeding, right? Some moms say, I don't even want to breastfeed at all. Your body still kind of prepares for that process. And this happens about halfway during your pregnancy. And some moms even have leakage during their pregnancy. That is not uncommon to have, you know, all of a sudden you're noticing that your bra is a little bit wet at the end of the day. So during the latter part of pregnancies, the breasts are making this colostrum, but high levels of progesterone inhibit milk secretion and keep that volume turned down. So we're not making you know, this excess, this mature milk yet. At birth and at the delivery of the placenta, that triggers things and that triggers a big sudden drop in progesterone, estrogen, and HPL levels. And this abrupt withdrawal of progesterone in the presence of high prolactin levels cues this process, cues your body to say, hey, we need to start making this mature milk. So after we have started making this mature milk, now is when this process is purely controlled in a supply and demand system. Milk removal is the primary control mechanism for this supply. So the more milk that you remove, the more essentially, you know, is thought that you're going to make. Although a lot of hormonal problems can still interfere with milk supply, and not even if you have, let's, you know, everybody thinks, oh, hormonal, you have PCOS or you have other, but stress is a hormonal problem. So stress can certainly interfere with milk supply, but hormonal levels play a much lesser role in established lactation. Although, you know, obviously that can still play a big role. Your biggest thing that you want to be concerned about, though, is removing milk. Because under normal circumstances, your breasts will continue to make milk indefinitely as long as milk continues to come out and continues to be removed. And thanks to kellymom.com, that's where I got some of this more scientific information. Of course, I want to say that I know all of this from my head, but I don't. <laughs> but thanks to kellymom.com, I got a lot of that kind of science-y information that I just talked about. Kellymom.com is a great, great website that I like to refer all breastfeeding moms to because she just talks about so many different issues. I mean, gosh, I can't think of an issue that she's not talked about on that website. So definitely check out kellymom.com if you are a breastfeeding mom. All right, number two, next question is, what are some of the best ways to increase my milk supply? Dun, 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 the question of the day. So this is something that I, like I said in the intro, personally struggled with is that I felt like I always had low milk supply and I was always trying to do something, always concerned about my milk supply and getting my milk supply up. 
And we've already talked about this process of supply and demand. So when you talk about, oh, I have low milk supply, the most important tip that I tell moms is going to be more stimulation. So you can eat all the foods, you can take all the supplements, you can do all the things, but if you are not pumping or breastfeeding more, and that means you're increasing your sessions and you're increasing your time that you're breastfeeding in these sessions, this stuff is likely not going to show a lot of benefit. So I'm gonna list out a few of the things that really help me, like concrete things, but just keep that in mind that along with all of these things, you need to be pumping more, breastfeeding more, you know, more sessions and more time added on. So one of the first things is Mommy Knows Best. I talked about them in the beginning of the episode. They were a sponsor for this episode and they have delicious lactation cookies. And Mommy Knows Best was not around, or I think they were very, very new when I was a breastfeeding mom. So I did not personally try them when I was a breastfeeding mom to get my milk supply up. But I have heard, you know, I found them kind of afterwards I have heard from so many people that these cookies and these products work because honestly, I think the main reason why they really truly work is because they taste so good and you're not struggling to like choke something down because there were so many things that I took, so many cookies, so many bites, so many pills, all of this stuff that I took to try and increase my supply when I was breastfeeding and I just hated them. I hated the taste. I was like, oh, I'm just going to choke this down, you know, so hopefully it increases my breast milk. But I was never really like excited and happy about eating them. But I think really one of the main reasons that they work is because they taste so good and you're actually enjoying this cookie. You're releasing that oxytocin, you know, you're getting that feel good hormone and oxytocin is responsible for breast milk production. So I really, really stress that, you know, these cookies are great and people love them and they work. So for me, in terms of foods that I ate, I always say with all of these foods, you know, you can look up all of these foods and say, okay, let me try oatmeal. Let me try avocados. Let me try, you know, this and that coconut oil, you know, but everybody kind of responds differently. I tried a lot of oatmeal and it really did not work that great for me for whatever reason. And I eat so much of it. And now as a result, I'm not a crazy fan of oatmeal because I feel like it just brings back bad memories because I just ate so much while I was breastfeeding. But one of the things that really actually worked for me, there were two things, was sweet potatoes. For some reason, when I would eat sweet potatoes for dinner the night before, I would wake up and I would have like more breast milk the next day. And beer. (laughs) Like I remember I went to a few weddings, you know, throughout my time as a breastfeeding mom. And I would drink beer because I prefer beer. And geez, I think I pumped the most I ever pumped after that one night that I went to a wedding because I was so, yeah, I don't know. It must've been the beer. (laughs) And every time that I did that, I would have a beer, you know, before I went to bed or whatever. And yeah, it just, for whatever reason, it would 
you know, make me produce a whole lot more milk. I think it's probably because it would relax me, which, you know, I'd be a little bit less stressed out. But there are properties that are, you know, like the brewer's yeast inside beer that can help with milk production, but probably, you know, a combination of all of that. So for me personally, it was sweet potatoes and beer. Delicious combination. (laughs) I did try a number of herbal supplements throughout my time. I tried fenugreek, which fenugreek did not work for me at all. And I, the thing about fenugreek is you have to take it in large, large amounts. So they say that if you take fenugreek, you actually have to take so much of it that you start to smell like maple syrup. That's how you know that it's kind of working in your body. And I definitely did that. And I started to smell like maple syrup, but I remember it actually kind of decreasing my milk supply. And I've heard that from a lot of different people. So fenugreek works for a lot of women, but for a lot of women, it does the complete opposite. So just kind of beware a little bit of fenugreek. I think a lot of products and a lot of companies are even using like fenugreek a lot less and saying, oh, these are fenugreek free. I also tried malungay. That was another herb that I tried, another pill that I tried. And that one worked okay. But again, it, you know, it was kind of just temporary, like I would take it and then it maybe would increase a little bit, but you know, then it would kind of go away. Another one I tried was goat's root and that one did not work at all for me. I was really excited about it because goat's root kind of works a little bit differently than some of the other supplements because it stimulates the growth of breast tissue. And I was actually one of those that didn't have a whole lot of breast growth during my pregnancy. So I was like, oh, this might be what's going on. Maybe I just don't have, you know, enough tissue in there, enough ducts in there. So maybe the goat's root is going to help, you know, grow things, I guess. And so I tried it for a little while and yeah, it didn't work. It's supposed to be really great for women who have had breast surgery in the past or PCOS or, you know, like me, didn't experience like a ton of increase in breast growth during pregnancy. And then the last one that I tried that was actually pretty darn helpful was called Lactiful. And this is not something that a lot of people know about, but it is this company and they just have you have to take a ton of pills, but they have so many different things in them. So they just kind of bombard you with all of this stuff and you have to take it for you know a certain amount of time. And I just really like this company because their claim is that their product will increase your milk supply in 14 days or they will give you your money back. And for me, it did not work for me. So I got my money back like no questions asked. They're also great because they give you like a little plan if you are an exclusive pumper, if you're supplementing, if you're a working mom, or you're exclusively breastfeeding, you know, whichever kind of category you fall into. They give you nice little plans of like, hey, take our pills, but also like do all of this stuff and increase your pumping sessions or increase your breastfeeding times, you know, this way. So I really like that too about them. All right, so now let's talk about some of the other methods that I did and that I recommend that is more kind of hands-on. And, you know, we're talking about like stimulation, like not just stuff that I took. So number one, pumping after every single feed. So I didn't do this in the middle of the night because 
God knows I was tired. <laughs> but every time I breastfed my son during the day, right afterwards, I would throw my pump on for another, you know, 15, 20 minutes and just kind of sit there and pump and let my body say, oh, okay, like I'm stimulating more than usual. Maybe I need to start making more milk. For me, this did work but only for a short time. You know, once I kind of went back to my normal schedule, my milk production kind of went down again. But this is a great thing, and I tell moms to absolutely do this, is to pump, you know, try and just think, okay, it's very time consuming, but I'm gonna pump after every single feed. Another tip that I give moms is breast compressions, and this works great. I got so used to doing breast compressions when I was breastfeeding that I, honestly did them like every single time I breastfed because it wasn't really that big of a deal and I would just kind of do it while I was while I was nursing. You know, if I was in public, I didn't do a whole lot of breast compressions, but at home, you know, I'm breastfeeding my son, I'm just kind of compressing or I'm pumping and I'm just kind of compressing. And so breast compression is just kind of a gentle way of massaging your breasts while emptying them to stimulate your glands more to let them know to release more milk. Basically what you do is form like a C shape around your breast and you just squeeze as baby is latched on or as you're pumping. The next thing that I did that it was very beneficial for me is called power pumping. And I followed a little schedule. I think everybody kind of does it differently, but I would do this at the end of the day after I put my son to bed and I would throw on a Netflix show and I would just throw on my pump for a whole hour, okay? And so what I would do is I would pump for 20 minutes, okay? Pumps on for 20 minutes. Then I would rest for 10 minutes, still with the pump on, but just, you know, turn the pump off for 10 minutes. And then you would turn it back on for 10 more minutes. Then you would rest for 10 minutes. And then you would pump for a final 10 minutes. So that's a whole hour. So pump for 20 rest for 10, pump for 10, rest for 10, pump for 10. And I would just do this once a day. I think some people do it, you know, two times, maybe in the morning or at night. Everybody kind of says this is, you know, this might be more beneficial in the morning. This might be more beneficial at night. I think it just kind of, you should do it when it makes sense for your schedule. And for me, it made sense at night. But this basically is just kind of mimicking a newborn's cluster feeding, okay? So this is really, really good for an exclusively breastfeeding mom, but also more so for an exclusive pumper who kind of miss out on those cluster feedings, okay? And it's also a great way to not only increase your milk supply, but you get a little extra freezer stash too. Because this pump session, you know, you're not, it's just like an extra one that you're doing. Another tip is changing your pump parts. I cannot stress this enough. Pump parts need to be changed, okay? It depends on what kind of pump you have. Every pump's different, but a lot of times you can look up your manufacturer. So if you have a Medela pump or you have a Spectra pump or you have a Motif pump or, you know, whatever kind of pump, you look up on the website and they have like you know, general guidelines of like, hey, replace this part that, you know, at this time, after this many months or this amount of use, replace this part, you know, here. If they don't, you can always email them too and just say, hey, what is the recommended time? A lot of times this stuff is Googleable <laughs> as well. So you can look up and say, hey, 
you know, what is the recommended time to kind of change these pump parts? Medela has like a whole lot of pump parts that I know have to be changed pretty frequently. Spectra, Motif, some of the other pumps like this, they don't have to be changed as frequently. But I know Medela, a lot of you guys have Medela pumps and those you definitely need to replace pretty frequently. And most of these pumps, honestly, are it's not like you have to order them from some weird place. You can get them at Target or you can get them on Amazon. Okay, next tip is pumping on the other side while you are feeding. Sometimes this is difficult. I will be the first one to say that, like, this was just hard. I just couldn't get the hang of this. They have these Hakka breast pumps now. It's basically like a suction kind of thing. Hakka has one, Kindest Cup has one. It's like a suction kind of thing that you can put on your boob to collect breast milk and kind of pump your boob while you're feeding your baby on the other side. And I didn't even like know about these when I was breastfeeding. I feel like they were kind of newer when I was breastfeeding, but they're all the rage now and people love them. But if you're not into, you know, one of those, you can throw your regular pump on. I feel like that's a little bit harder, but just telling your body, stimulating both of your boobs at the same time can give your body that extra idea of, oh, hey, wait a second, do I need to make more milk? (laughs) And then the last tip, I have more tips on my website. I'm gonna link an article below of some more tips and some more stuff that I did. But the last tip that I'll include in this podcast episode is to check out these things called Freemies, okay? I loved these little collection cups. They're called Freemie collection cups. They have the Freemies now, or if you have, if you know, you wanna spend a little bit more money and get a Willow or an LV pump, And these are basically just devices that you're completely 100% hands-free. The Willow is great and the LV is great because it's, that's the actual pump that goes onto your boobs. You don't have to have, you know, a pump next to you. It's just, you know, a battery powered pump that you stick inside your bra and you're hands-free and you can do whatever you want. The Freemies, you do have to be connected to a pump, but you just kind of put them in your bra and you pump and they collect the milk. I was a big fan of these freemies and I actually think they did help to increase my milk supply because I was just happier while I was pumping because I wasn't like just sitting there doing nothing. I could have my hands. And I was a big lover of these because I just liked them when I went back to work too. It just made work a whole lot easier. So yeah, that is, you know, like I said, the Willow and the LV weren't out when I was breastfeeding, but the freemies were and I love them 10 out of 10 definitely check out something like that, some sort of hands-free product like that. And it might even help you increase your milk because it's going to give you more ease, more happiness, and you can wear it for a longer, you know, extended period of time. Just overall, 10 out of 10. All right. So the next question is, what is the best kind of breast pump and what are the types of ways to kind of express milk? So, okay, this is one of those questions that, you know, everybody kind of has their own preference and everybody responds to a different pump. That's really the answer to this question is that some women find that, oh my gosh, I love my Medela. I will never trade my Medela. I get the most milk out with my Medela. Some people say, I love my Motif breast pump. I get the most milk out of this one. It's so easy. It's so sleek. I just love it. Some people say that about Spectra. Some people say, I would never trade my Willow for anything or my LV for anything because it's hands-free. I think it's just about your preference. I'm a big fan of, you know, nowadays we have the double electric pumps and 
they are just super, super easy to use. So definitely, if you're, especially if you're planning on going back to work, get yourself a double electric pump. Most of these pumps now are covered by insurance. Woohoo! You just have to apply for one, okay? So talking about other types of you know, ways to express breast milk. We already talked about it a little bit. So, you know, you can do it obviously with a breast pump. That was That's the main way that most people do it with either a single, you know, you just put one on at a time. Most people, you know, you just knock them both out at the same time and you do double expression. Some people do prefer or have a hand pump on hand. And I actually had a hand pump and I really liked my hand pump. There were some days when I was like, you know what? I don't want to hook myself up to my pump and just sit in the same spot. I want to have the freedom of like, hey, I'm upstairs. You know, I don't want to unplug anything. I just want to go upstairs with my hand pump and just, you know, kind of pump one side and then the other. Some people say that these hand pumps, they even like they give you a little bit more control because it's hard to explain, but you can just kind of control the suction a little bit better. So some people just love those hand pumps. I always say, go ahead and get yourself a hand pump. They're like 20 or 30 or $35 from Target or Amazon. And just to have one, you know, you might find that, you know, maybe you don't want to bring your whole pump if you're out for an extended period of time and you just kind of want to bring your hand pump and some bottles to, you know, store. But yeah, it's just, it's a little bit more convenient in terms of like there's less stuff that goes with it. These are also great if you are pumping in the middle of the night and you just kind of have your hand pump on the side, on the night table. Yeah, just, I think it's, like I said, just personal preference, but I did like my hand pump and I do recommend moms to, you know, go ahead and get yourself a hand pump. In addition to these hand pumps, I mentioned in the previous question about the hakas, those more suction kind of devices to remove breast milk. And those are great too. Those I think are a little bit harder to control. You just kind of suction them (laughs) to yourself and, you know, they remove, you know, what's in there. You don't have control over the speed or, you know, how it comes out. But people do love those things. And like I said, just a great way to kind of collect breast milk too if you're a big leaker. So if you are breastfeeding your baby and you just notice that your other boob just leaks all the time, the haka or the kindness cup is just a great thing to have. So you can just kind of stick that on the side and collect that excess breast milk. And then the last way is actually called hand expression. And not a lot of people know about this, but some people actually prefer to express breast milk this way. And this is similar to how we talked about when you're doing breast compressions during pumping or during breastfeeding. I talked about those. You kind of use that C grip and you slowly kind of push your thumb and your fingers kind of towards your nipple. You're not just doing it right at your nipple. You're really starting back in the back part of your breast with that C shape and kind of, you know, slowly kind of expressing milk that way. Some moms actually say that this decreases the amount of time that they breastfeed because they're able to get so much out with just a good few like hand expressions. Some people disagree. I disagree with that. I was definitely way more effective and I got way more out when I was hooked up to a pump. But some moms say, hey, I can empty both boobs in about five minutes with just hand expression. I think a big disadvantage to hand expression too is that 
sometimes your hands can cramp up. <laughs> so just keep that in mind too. I love to tell people about hand expression, especially in those early hospital days when maybe you don't have access to a pump yet, or you just don't want to use a pump yet, just to kind of hand express after you feed baby, but it does kind of cramp your hands. So just be aware of that. All right. The next question is what about weaning? Okay. So do you, Liesl, have any tips on safely weaning from breastfeeding? This is a question that I get all the time, guys. You know, breastfeeding has to end at some point. Some moms end breast, some moms don't even start breastfeeding. Some moms end breastfeeding, you know, a few days after delivery. Maybe they only want to do it for that first feed. And some moms breastfeed for years and years and years. But eventually it does end and we have to talk about weaning. So me personally, I'll just talk about my weaning journey for a little bit. You know, weaning, when we talk about weaning, it brings up a lot of feelings. Okay. It did for me, at least. I don't think I was completely emotionally ready and it wasn't emotionally easy, but my son was, you know, he was very, very distracted at the breast. And I just, you know, I was just like, you know what? It's, I'm doing this more for me and not for him. And he doesn't really even want to breastfeed anymore. So we, you know, decided what I personally did and what I like to recommend to moms, this is not always possible, but I said, okay, he's showing me lots of signs. For me, for my emotional state, I'm going to say, okay, this is the last day that I'm going to breastfeed. And like, I feel like I'm going to cry talking about it because I totally remember this so vividly in my mind that I said, okay, this is going to be the last day that I breastfeed him, the last session before bed. So I could really just enjoy it and know that this is the last time, you know, because I was so worried. I was just so anxious about that. I never knew when the last, you know, session was going to be. So I made the conscious decision to say, hey, okay, this is the last time. And really, honestly, after that, he never really asked for it again. We just kind of ended it and it was very uh, sweet and emotional. And I just, you know, I love to think back of that and just remember that as my last session. But I like to tell moms, you know, if you're having those same feelings, try to plan it. Obviously, sometimes it's not within your plan. Your baby just decides, no, I am not going to breastfeed. Sorry, like that was the last time, however many days ago, but we're not going to do it anymore. So what are some tips? Okay, let's talk about tips when it comes to weaning your baby. So the best way to wean baby is slowly. Okay. You can do it abruptly, but the best way for your body, the best way for your baby is to kind of do it slowly. Sometimes moms do have to wean pretty quickly for multiple reasons. Let's say maybe you're starting a new medication. Maybe you have to have surgery all of a sudden, or you have a hospitalization that you weren't prepared for, or you have like a major illness or something, or maybe you get pregnant again. You can definitely breastfeed while you're pregnant, but a lot of moms find that they can't, especially the whole way through their pregnancy. So all of a sudden they have to say, oh, I can't do this anymore. So with immediate weaning, you know, it's definitely not an easy task. Your boobs are going to most likely feel like they are big giant fireballs until your milk finally, you know, gradually kind of dries up. Weaning this way can cause you to feel extremely engorged, extremely uncomfortable, and you're at a much higher risk for developing something called mastitis, and that's just an infection that you can get, you know, when you breastfeed and, you know, it's just kind of when you get an infection when you're not like emptying your breasts enough. 
It's not fun. For anybody that's had mastitis, they can say, oh, mastitis, that is not fun. I personally never had it, but yeah, not fun. So immediate weaning also comes with the risk of like breast abscesses, infections, clogged ducts, all this stuff. So we definitely want to try and gradually wean if we can, but if you have to immediately wean, here are some tips for you. So number one, it is okay to remove a little bit of milk from your breast during the immediate weaning process, okay? This can be done with a hand pump, but only remove enough so you do not feel uncomfortable anymore. If you completely empty your boob, you're telling your body, keep making milk. (laughs) So do the best you can to remove as little as possible without feeling like you are going to just completely explode. Number two, make sure that you are wearing a bra that is super supportive, but not restrictive. Gentle support is helpful, but if your bra is too tight, you are at a much higher risk for developing an abscess or clogged milk ducts or mastitis. Number three, frozen cabbage leaves. Cabbage leaves are shaped like boobs, guys, (laughs) and they help to decrease the pain that is associated with weaning, and they also help to dry up the milk in the process. They are great because, like I said, they're already shaped like boobs. So if you stick a few in your freezer for a few hours and put them right in between you and your bra, they will help. They'll be super, super cold at first, but a lot of moms swear by cabbage leaves, guys. Number four, it's also important to keep breast pads, okay, near you at all times because you're probably going to be super leaky, especially if you've been breastfeeding for, let's say, a few months and all of a sudden you have to stop for whatever reason, your boobs are probably going to be really, really leaky. So the sound of a baby or any sort of warmth near your boobs may cause you to leak. So just make sure you stock up on your breast pads and you have them kind of near you at all times. Number five, so this can be a very painful process. So make sure you talk to your doctor about what medications are safe, you know, kind of during the weaning process, unless medically contraindicated for you, alternating Motrin and Tylenol around the clock works really, really well for pain, but definitely ask your provider. Number six, so think about you too, okay? It can be very psychologically hard to immediately wean your baby, okay? Like I talked about, I didn't immediately wean and it came with a lot of feelings, okay? So when you immediately wean, it can still come with tons and tons of feelings, okay? So it's very important to have support in place and talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to your therapist, talk to your provider if you're feeling sad or emotional. And then finally, the hormone shift that you experience when you immediately wean can be difficult if you have a history of depression or mental illness or any other mental illness. So make sure you speak with your doctor if you have any of this in your medical history so you both can make a plan of the best way to tackle weaning. This is very common, guys, okay? Even if you make the conscious decision, you say, I don't think I have any feelings you know, regarding weaning, it is a hormone shift, okay? So it can make things happen in your body that you might not be prepared for. So just be aware of that. Okay, so now let's quickly talk about slowly weaning, okay? For you guys who say, hey, what do I even do like if I wanna kind of slowly wean my baby? So this is the best way to wean a baby. And I usually encourage people to follow the one feed per week routine, 
okay? And that just means you calculate how many feedings you have with your baby. So let's say you're already down to four feedings a day, okay? You start subtracting one feed per week, okay? So four, if you had to do four times a day, it should take you about four weeks to fully completely wean your baby. A good tip is to always start dropping feeds that your baby is least attached to first, okay? This is usually gonna be feeds that are during the daytime that aren't before bedtime or naps. Some babies are really attached to that first feeding of the day, but generally those feeds that are kind of before bedtime or before naps, are, are you know, those need to be the last ones that you wean. Next tip is Sometimes women do find it easier to work down to two to four feeds per day quicker by dropping a feed like every four to five days instead of once a week, and then finding it kind of more time consuming and difficult to give up those last few feeds. And that's okay too. So let's say you start out with eight times a day that you're doing this and you're like, okay, I want to start the weeding process. And you start doing, you know, drop a feed every four days and you get down to like two to four feeds, but then you find that, oh, it's taking me a lot longer to drop these last few ones. That is okay, okay? Go at your own pace. Final tip is all in all, just do what's best for baby and for you, okay? If you know baby is going through a rough patch, a leap, a growing you know spurt or whatever, he's teething, you're traveling, you're sick, whatever, save that wean week and give it up once baby returns to his happy self. I cannot stress this enough, okay? Do what works best for you and your schedule is always, you know, you can always adjust. Okay, next question is going into breastfeeding, what are some of the best resources I can use to prepare myself? I love this question because I have the best resource, I feel like. Well, not me personally, but the course that I promote, I feel like is one of the best resources out there for people. And that resource is called the Milkology Courses, Milkology Online Courses. They are very similar to my prenatal courses. It's like video and text that you can watch and it's super affordable. It's only $19 for this course, guys. And it just completely tells you everything you need to know about breastfeeding and what to expect. I am a super advocate of like doing this during your pregnancy before you are even a breastfeeding mom. But if you are already a breastfeeding mom and you're finding trouble and you need some tips, definitely check out this course as well. But I honestly think this is the most comprehensive way to tackle breastfeeding if you're just completely clueless or maybe you think that you know some stuff about breastfeeding, but you know, maybe you don't, maybe you need some more resources. So definitely check out this course. It is called the Milkology Online Course. I'm going to leave a link in the description for you guys to check it out too. Okay. Next question is what do I do if I'm having trouble with breastfeeding? So yeah, obviously breastfeeding is not easy. Okay. A lot of people struggle with a lot of different issues. So whether it's low milk supply, whether it's a latching issue, whether it's, you know, an oversupply or whatever, there are a lot of issues that come along with breastfeeding. So the first tip, the most important thing that I tell people to do is to reach out. If you have a lactation consultant in your area, reach out to one 
A lot of times they are employed by your pediatrician. Maybe your pediatrician has one on staff or they are in the community. Sometimes you can even book an online session with a lactation consultant. But those, I want to say women, I'm sure there are male lactation consultants, but those women are so knowledgeable about all of these issues. And that is really the best place to start. If you are having issues with breastfeeding too, it's never a bad idea to bring this up to your pediatrician as well. A lot of times issues with breastfeeding, like if baby is, you know, refusing the breast or just, you know, colicky or whatever, maybe you're thinking this is more of a breastfeeding issue, but it might be more of baby issue. So I would bring this up to your pediatrician as well, kind of explain what's going on. And they can either say, oh, that sounds like, you know, a milk allergy. Maybe you should cut out milk or that sounds like this. Maybe we should try, you know, some reflux meds or whatever. So yeah, lactation consultant and your pediatrician. One thing that I really like to tell people too is I went to, it was called a breastfeeding support group that was in my community that was actually hosted by my hospital. And that was one of the best things that I did for myself because it got myself out of the house and I could talk to other moms who were having other issues with breastfeeding and just kind of bounce ideas and bounce, you know, like I would say, hey, I'm having trouble with this. And a lot of moms would say, oh, I did this. Oh, I tried this. Oh, maybe you should try this. And that was so, so helpful. So if you live in an area where you have access to maybe a support group, you could check one of those out as well. All right, this next question is, my supply is just too much. Okay, how do I decrease it? Yes, very common, okay? We think that, you know, the main problem, most people say that they don't have enough breast milk, but just as many moms, you know, struggle with what's called oversupply. And there's a lot of different kind of issues when we talk about oversupply. Oversupply can be broken down into like, just a lot of issues. Like some people have issues with kind of the balance in the breast milk. So you have kind of too much fore milk, not enough hind milk, or you have too fast of a letdown and that affects baby, or, you know, you just produce just too much. So if you think that you might have you know, an imbalance in like the four milk, kind milk kind of situation. So four milk is just like that thinner kind of milk consistency and hind milk is that thicker part of breast milk. So when you pump, you might notice that the breast milk kind of separates. And sometimes when you pump, you might notice that fat part of the breast milk is a little bit more or less. So if you have kind of an excess of four milk, you're not going to have too much fat on top, or sometimes you don't really have much at all. So if you are one of those that has like too much four milk, sometimes your baby can be super gassy, you know, burping a lot, farting a lot, lots of hiccups. You know, if they're wanting to feed more frequently because they're not getting that like thick part of the milk to make them full. And definitely talk to your provider about this too, talk to your peds about this too, because this can be easily confused with like reflex and not reflex, reflux and a lot of, you know, other issues. So do that first. But 
yeah, some moms just feel like they have too much for milk. And there are products, like if you just look on Amazon, there are some lactation products that they say, oh, this will help to make your milk kind of more fatty. And so you can try that. But a good thing that I hear from moms that really, really helps is to really do lots of massage, okay, during your pumping sessions. That's getting out that back milk, okay, that high milk. So really, really focus on massage. So if you're in that oversupply category and maybe you have an overactive letdown, so you have a too fast of letdown, when you start breastfeeding, you know, baby suck, 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 and then all of a sudden you let down and you start letting down more milk and it's going at a faster rate. And some moms report that it's a little bit too fast and baby is like, whoa, all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting sprayed in the face. So this might happen if baby is, you're noticing that baby is choking or coughing when you, you know, maybe 30 seconds or a minute after you breastfeed, they're like, you know, trying to like go up for air. Or they might be kind of like arching their back or kind of pulling back at the breast because they're like anticipating that letdown and they're trying to prepare for it. Your baby might also squeal or squeak or gulp excessively. So a few tips with this is, you know, to kind of slow that down a little bit. The first one is called the clamp down, okay? So you can kind of clamp down on your areola and help kind of slow down that milk flow and allow baby to drink at a more agreeable pace, okay? So it's just like if you think about a water balloon (laughs) or a regular balloon and you're just kind of squeezing that end a little bit so it's not coming out as fast. Another tip is to try laid back nursing, okay? So this means that you're laying all the way back on your back. You're not dangle feeding. You're not even sitting up. You're really, really reclining back and baby is breastfeeding like that, okay? And that's just gravity. Side lying is also a great position. That helps too. Sometimes that's not as effective though, especially if you're breastfeeding on the side that's down. (laughs) So really, I like to tell people about that super reclined position. Another tip is to pull baby off at letdown. Okay, so some moms do this and they have like a towel kind of right next to them or a burp cloth and they'll let baby nurse for a few seconds and let that letdown trigger. And some moms feel when they let down, some moms don't. And then all of a sudden, when you let down, you pull baby off and you just kind of let your boob kind of squirt into, like I said, a burp cloth or a towel or whatever, and let it squirt for a little while until it kind of slows down, and then you can put baby back on. If you don't want to waste the milk, then absolutely you can collect it. That's fine. Usually with these issues, these moms are oversuppliers and they're not concerned about, you know, a little bit of milk, saving a little bit of milk. But if you want to keep that milk, you know, you absolutely can. Instead of a towel or a burp cloth, you can just have, you know, a bottle right there. All right. So let's move into more of the oversupply gals who just have issues with oversupply because there's just too much milk and I'm just pumping too much milk. I don't have a overactive letdown. You know, I don't have these other issues, but I just have too much milk. What do I do? So number one, you want to just give it time. Okay. Usually this oversupply is partly by design. So if you're finding that all of a sudden you're having this oversupply, just give it time and let your body kind of regulate. And you might find that over 
the next few weeks, especially if you're new with breastfeeding, that your body kind of regulates and you know, your oversupply just kind of regulates itself and you don't have it anymore. This happens all the time. If you're finding that it's not going away and this is just you, you know, this is just how much milk your boobs make, regardless of how little you feed your baby, you might want to try doing this next tip and that is to offer just one breast per feeding, okay? So instead of doing the typical offer the first breast, if baby's still hungry, offer the next breast, just stick with one breast per feeding and, you know, don't pump on the other side, just stick with one breast. That will eventually get your body to say, okay, you know, we know we're not, we're still going to fill up our boobs at the same rate, but we're going to realize that we're not emptying as much as we thought. Another tip is one that I said before, and you can try that laid back breastfeeding, okay? So just kind of working with gravity and not letting baby do that dangle feeding or, you know, sitting up feeding, you're kind of doing that laid back breastfeeding. So definitely a good position to try if you are, you know, if you say, oh my gosh, I'm an oversupplier. Try to let gravity, you know, (laughs) work its way. Next tip is to avoid galacticogs. I think I'm saying that right. (laughs) I'm hoping I'm saying that right. So galacticogs are these foods that I talked about earlier that can help with producing more breast milk. So oatmeal, sweet potatoes, avocado, coconut, bruised yeast, flaxseed, hummus, spinach, you know, all of this stuff. You can Google galacticog and that's G-A-L-A-C-T-A-G-O-G-U-E-S. It's a mouthful. (laughs) You can Google galacticog and just get a list and just kind of, you know, avoid some of these foods because you might find that they don't really do anything But like I said, I was really, you know, keen to sweet potatoes and beer. So there might be some of these foods that you find that you're, you know, more sensitive to. Next tip is to use cold compress. Okay. So unlike moms who are having issues with low supply, you want to do lots of heat and, you know, help produce more breast milk with heat. For you guys, you want to do cold. Okay. Because cold compresses help to reduce breast inflammation, blood flow, and milk production. Okay, you can start with 10 minutes on each breast and do this before you feed, and you can work up to, you know, 30 minutes if needed. You can do this before or after. A lot of moms find it beneficial, you know, to both, but definitely don't ice your boobs all day long. That's not good. We want to take breaks, but yeah, ice is going to be your best friend. Another little small tip that I have for moms in regards to this cool and hot kind of thing is to, when you're in the shower, make sure you stand away from that really hot water, okay? You know, you can still wash yourself. I'm not saying like don't wash yourself, but you know, a lot of times we're in the shower and we just kind of stand there forever with the hot water. It feels so good, you know, going on the front part of your body and you want to try to avoid that. You want to try to stand kind of away because that warm water can really, really stimulate things. And especially if you're like me and you take like long, hot showers, (laughs) you want to just stand away. All right. These next tips are just, you know, maybe you don't want to get rid of your oversupply, but you just kind of want to manage it a little bit better. So the first one is get yourself a big, heavy duty 
freezer, okay? Because you're going to find that your breast milk is slowly or fast <laughs> kind of filling up your normal freezer, okay, in your fridge. So get yourself, they have them on Amazon, you can get what's called a deep freezer just for breast milk, okay? That's just gonna help to keep it a little bit more organized too. And then the next tip is, you know, consider donating, okay? If you have a really large milk supply and you're just pumping ounces and ounces and ounces, like way more than you need and way more than even you think your baby is going to need, you know, throughout his or her life, consider donating, you know, to people who might need it more. There's a company, I think it's a company called Human Milk for Human Babies. So you can check them out or just in your area, your hospitals in your area, the NICUs always need breast milk. So definitely consider, you know, if you feel like you have just way too much breast milk and you, there are certain stipulations that you have to meet you might have to go and take a blood test or whatever, but definitely consider donating because yeah, they, people are just always looking for breast milk. All right. Number eight. Eight. I think we're on question eight. I don't know. The next question is, I am going back to work soon. Okay. What are some good tips for when I go back to work and pumping at work and just what do I do to even prepare? So I have an article on my website and I actually didn't write it. It was my content writer who writes a lot of my content for me. She wrote this article and it was really, really great. So I want to pull a few things from here. So if you're going back to work, First of all, okay, you know, this is something that probably you should think about even before you deliver, but a lot of people leave it to after you deliver and kind of in those those first few months looking for what we're going to do, but figure out childcare. Whatever you decide to do with childcare, you know, deciding who you're going to leave your baby with is a very hard decision. There is just no way around that, okay? So planning for this as soon as possible can alleviate a lot of your anxiety. So make sure you have a good solid plan, whether you know you know baby's gonna go to your mom or your mother-in-law or your friend this day, or you're gonna do daycare or you're gonna hire a nanny. Make sure you have a good plan in place so you're not kind of scrambling and having all of this anxiety. Make sure you're kind of thinking about this on the front end. So once you've kind of figured out what you're going to do, okay, next tip is to just purely have a plan, okay? Start writing down, start thinking of, okay, I need this, 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 and this when I leave the house, okay? I need to have my bag packed. I need my pump. I need my bags. I need my bottles. Everything kind of takes longer when you have a baby to plan for, even if you don't have your baby with you when you go to work, okay? So just kind of having a plan in place saying, hey, I need to think about maybe getting up 30 minutes earlier or you know an hour earlier or doing this the night before and saying, okay, this is the kind of stuff that I need to plan for, you know, leaving for work the next day. Next is to definitely talk to your HR department or your manager or whoever that may be to kind of hash things out if there's anything to hash out, okay? Usually they need to know your return to work date, get an update on any new changes at work, figure out what space kind of exists in, you know, where you can pump and all of that good stuff. And just a side note, <laughs> if you go back to work and you're pumping at work, you should absolutely be allowed a dedicated space to pump and that should not be in the bathroom, okay? 
So if you are finding issues with this, bring this up. That is not okay if somebody's just saying, well, we don't have any space for you to pump. You got to pump in the bathroom. No, that's gross. <laughs> so definitely bring that up if that is you. If you work with a lot of women, it might not be as crazy of a comeback and a transition. You know, if you work with a lot of women who have breastfed or have kids or whatever, then it might be different than if you work with like all guys or just, you know, just some employers might be a little surprised that you need to pump as often as you do every two to three hours. It might be a little bit of a transition. So just be open and make sure that everybody is on the, the same page and everybody is, you know, you're very well understood. Another tip, a really good tip is to try not to go back to work on a Monday, okay? So if you have the kind of job where you're Monday through Friday and you're going back full time, try to see if maybe you can end your maternity leave like on a Wednesday or something so you don't go back at that full week, you know, up front. Because doing it five days in a row, going back five days in a row your very first week is going to be super, super hard, okay? So if you can have that first week, maybe you're just going back three days, it's gonna help you so much. And then the next tip is, sometimes you don't have control over this, but maybe you can see if you can return kind of gradually or even part-time if you choose that. A lot of people, like I said, don't have the choice, but if there is a choice and there is a chance, you know, this might be an option, might be something to explore. Another tip is maybe, can you work from home a few days? You know, a lot of people love to go in for a couple days. They go back full time, but they go into the office or wherever for a few days. And then, you know, for a few days they stay at home. So if that's an option, if you have the kind of job that you can do that, that might be something to think about. And you'll still need childcare on the days that you're at home, okay? It's not easy to take care of a baby and work at the same time. I tried to do it many times. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you can work from home, it might make you feel more comfortable. You're there while your baby's there. Yeah, just an option to think about. Another good tip is to, if you're pumping at work, to bring something of babies that will help to kind of stimulate your breast milk production. So a lot of moms find that when they go back to work, they do have a decrease in their supply and that is completely normal just because you're all of a sudden, you know, not if you've been used to pumping or breastfeeding right next to baby and you're not anymore, this can be kind of a shock to your body, okay? So a really good tip that I like to tell moms is to bring either an article of clothing, maybe something that your baby wore yesterday so it kind of still smells like baby. Bring that with you and smell that, have that with you while you're pumping. Another good thing is to have a lot of pictures. We all have smartphones nowadays. Have a lot of pictures, have a lot of videos that you can refer to and watch while you are pumping because that can help to, you know, stimulate let down, stimulate more breast milk production if you're kind of watching baby at the same time. All right, guys, and the final question is, is it okay to give formula 
and breastfeed at the same time? And how exactly does that even work? So the answer to this question is absolutely, okay? Our feeding plans, how we feed our babies, everybody's kind of looks different, okay? Some moms exclusively breastfeed, some moms exclusively pump, some moms pump and breastfeed, some moms do supplementation and do formula feeding and breastfeeding and pumping and everything. Some moms just formula feed. I mean, it just kind of looks different for everybody. As somebody who did supplement feeding, so I breastfed my son, I pumped for him, and I supplemented him with formula during the day. That's what worked for us. That's what gave me the least amount of anxiety, even though I was always constantly trying to increase my milk supply, I also realized that, hey, this is what's best for us is to give him one or two, you know, bottles a day. And what I would kind of do is I, this is just me personally, I would kind of time that bottle around when we were out. Okay. Not to say I had, I was fine breastfeeding in public, but if we were out and about, I could just kind of easily take that formula with me and feed him, you know, formula bottle while we were out. If we didn't go out at all that day, I would just kind of give it to him, you know, at some time during the day. It did not matter. And then what I would also do, now you don't have to do this, but since I was trying to increase my supply at the same time, I would pump during the time that I would feed him that formula. You might find that babies do have stomach issues if all of a sudden you introduce formula and you haven't been introducing formula at all. Always a good idea to bring this up to your pediatrician if you're noticing this because sometimes it's just about finding the right formula for baby. But yes, absolutely. Some moms do find that they give formula all day long and then they just want to breastfeed at night or in the morning and the evening. I was so at peace with my breastfeeding. When I was breastfeeding him only a few times a day and I wasn't worried about my supply, I wasn't worried about giving him formula. He was eating food. He was drinking whole milk, you know, and I could just kind of breastfeed him when he wanted to breastfeed and when I wanted to breastfeed. So yeah, you know, everybody's kind of looks differently. It's absolutely 100% okay to give formula and to breastfeed. At the same time, just realize that if you do choose to give formula, your supply might take a little bit of a hit, and that just makes sense because you're kind of cutting out a feeding. Now, you can try to do what I did where you're pumping at the same time, and that can kind of eliminate the decrease in supply, but you may still find that it does decrease your supply, so just be aware of that. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. This was a nice long episode. (laughs) I just wanted to remind you quickly that, yeah, everybody's different. Breastfeeding is so personal. And regardless of if you choose to breastfeed or you choose not to breastfeed or you choose to formula feed and breastfeed, you know, we're all in this together, okay? And I hate seeing those posts that are shaming moms who are breastfeeding or shaming moms who are formula feeding because really and truly at the end of the day, we are all in this together. And when baby is five years old, 10 years old, you know, and you look at them side by side, we're not going to know if, you know, this little boy was breastfed and this little boy was formula fed. So it's really at the end of the day, up to you. It's your personal choice, but we are all in it together. 
right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast, so I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.